This is the voice guy from your favorite podcast, Two Douchebags and a Microphone. People often ask us how they can find us when doing a remote broadcast. One, smell. Go to the city market and start sniffing. Our aroma has been described as a mixture of flea powder for goats, Tabasco sauce, and old sock with dark fuzzy urine. Two, look for the spot absent of patrons. Three, the most telling sign is a crowd of patrons vomiting uncontrollably. Four, just call us at 816-512-7717. The story of the Market District in downtown Kansas City, Missouri. From the banks of the beautiful Crystal Blue Waters of the Missouri River, it is Two Douchebags and Microphone Podcast. Two Douchebags and Microphone.net, your one stop for everything. You want to write us? You want to say something to us? You want to look for a live button. When we go live, you can call in. All of this stuff is right there for your ear holes and eye holes. You got it, chumps. It's all yours. Two douchebags and microphone.net is up and running. Hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. All aware of the Amber Alert, right? Well, get rid of your disinfectants and rubber bed spreads, kids. It's the all new Amber Herd Alert System. This fantastic early warning device helps one stay dry and rid of all those annoying mattress invoices. Simply hook up to child under six or psychopath and wait for the running water sound. This clever machine has three distinct settings, Babbling Brook, Ocean Waves, and Roaring River for those close calls. Order today and get a free Cinnabon Renewsit cartridge. If a 10 pound bag of shit could talk, this is what it would sound like. In the top positions, no wonder he didn't want to fucking talk. They had his two little fucking brats with him, little plus, snot-nosed little fucks. Plus the fact that he's gone now means we get to trash him. Yes, yeah. But he's still a piece of shit. Yeah, just Anyhow. like the way that as soon as the podcast is over, everyone listening trashes us. Mm-hmm. Which you should. Yes, yeah, we encourage it. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, we, let's see, all that being said, uh, Lamar Jackson. Oh, yes. Fascinating, right? This is interesting to see what's going to happen with this whole thing. Not as fascinating as the old RC logo. No. But no. fascinating. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, woo. I felt the breeze from that pigeon. Oh, uh, yep, yep. That's actually kind of a tasty-looking pigeon. Oh, uh, well, I know a guy that eats them. Yeah. They call so, them squab when you yes, eat a pigeon. Yeah. Or city chicken, as he calls it. City chicken. Yeah. <laughs> I so, like that uh, one. <laughs> okay, the Ravens haven't been able to hammer out a new contract with their star quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Or maybe soon-to-be former. We'll see. Yeah. Not only have negotiations completely fallen apart, but things have gotten so bad that Jackson actually requested a trade on March 2nd. Yeah. A trade request that had remained a secret until he revealed its existence on Monday. Jackson is believed to be looking for a fully guaranteed deal, which he hasn't been able to get from any team. So why can't Jackson get the deal he wants? Uh Well, I mean, I I think we both have an idea, (laughs) but former NFL star Richard Sherman, I like to call him Richard Simmons, blames (laughs) that on the other quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Well... 
Patrick Mahomes, when you talk about him, you talk about three Super Bowls and two wins in five years. His five years as being a starter, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, you're talking about still a very young guy, 5,000 yards out of mm-hmm. two of those seasons, 50-plus um, touchdowns. And then if you count the postseason this year, he'll have 50-plus touchdowns again, too. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking one of the greatest, if not the greatest, quarterback ever in the making. Mm-hmm. And Josh Allen, who's really good, but maybe probably not quite all that, I mean, but yeah. really good. So, how can you argue with the success that Mahomes has had so far? But Richard Sermon blames that that uh, quarterbacks like Mahomes and Allen, the, the five-time Pro Bowler, says Mahomes should have looked to uh, to set a precedent with a fully guaranteed deal and taken a BS ten-year contract that he ended up accepting. Okay, and and I agree with Richard Sermon's on this part. But I'll go into this. Let's remember that right now. Let's hear it yeah, that he went ahead and agreed. No, he worked with the Chiefs yeah, to come yeah. up with this. And the reason is, is he's a winner, Mr. Sherman. He he's wants a other winner. players Yeah, and he'll continue too. to be a winner. So yeah. anyhow, what pissed me off is, this is what Sherman said, what pissed me off is when Kirk Cousin yeah. gets a, his guaranteed deal, I thought all the quarterbacks from then on were going to be like, hey, if it ain't guaranteed, I ain't taking it. Sherman said on his podcast that Mahomes took that BS deal just 10 years and wanted it to look like a half a billion. But if you get half of that fully guaranteed, everybody's happier. That sets the president. Well, it's not Sherman, his job to set a president. No. no, no. no. <laughs> First off, Mahomes cut a friendly deal with the Chiefs because every year that he's playing, every year that he's playing, he wants to be in contention and he will. Yep. Because of this deal. Yeah. He's not worried about money like you did, Mr. Sherman, why the, these places had to cut you at, mm-hmm. uh, after a year or two because they couldn't afford you. That's not going to happen yeah. with Patrick. Patrick not Mahomes wants those, some money left in the account to pay some other players that he can throw the ball to uh-huh. and who can defend him against yeah. block uh, and at, pass rushers. And at the end of the day, we'll go ahead and uh, – Compare stats and wins and Super Bowl wins, and we'll see who wins this. How many rings does Richard Sherman have? Uh, Zero? One. I think he has one. My phone is frozen. It's all right. Uh, well, you know, at least it's pro- frozen to our logo. Yeah. So that's our banners <laughs> down. So, okay, my reply. Sherman's an idiot. Here's why. If any team thought that Lamar was one piece between them and the Super Bowl, they would be in that line in a hot second. Oh, yeah. The ink would be dry if they thought that that's the only thing that took them to the promised land. Heck, look, the Buccaneers signed Baker Mayfield. Yeah. You know, teams will sign a quarterback if they think he's the missing piece, all they need. Yes. In addition, if Lamar was that good, he would be taking more than 60% of his snaps. Mm-hmm. Lamar looks, looks again, and then because he can't thread the needle, he has to run. He runs and he runs and he gets hurt. Yep. Mahomes runs only as the last option. He can thread the needle. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, he's a lot more lethal throwing that ball down the field than he is running. He's not bad at running. Yeah. And he has won a lot in five years. Five championship games, three Super Bowls, three wins. That is why Jackson is still sitting and waiting and nothing else, yeah. Mr. Sherman. Yeah. So, anyhow, that, you got that's, anything? That's you, total BS to think that it's other quarterbacks' responsibility to set a precedent to get Lamar Jackson the contract that he can't get on his own. Exactly. If Lamar Jackson can't get that guaranteed contract on his own, that's on him. 
and it's not up to anybody else to get that form. The market dictates itself. Yep. Yep. So, it just like, that is why you have a team like Baltimore that said, well, go find your deal and then come back. Mm-hmm. Kind of what Casey did with Tyreek. Yeah, they said, go find your deal and then come back. And then yep. Casey said, done. Yep. And Tyreek said, they threw me away like trash. Yep. No, they wasn't going to fucking be hijacked by your stupidity. Well, you know, if you're getting into the NFL as a player, you've got to expect that they're going to throw you away the moment they don't need you anymore. Yeah. I mean, you got to know that coming in, and then you get bent about it five years into your career is childish. Yeah. My opinion, but... Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, he's had, he had lots of opportunities. Yep. And now this one isn't going his way. And I really can't be sad about Lamar Jackson being a little less of a millionaire than he wants to be. Just does not bother me at all. I don't feel any sympathy I kind of revel in it. Yeah. like, okay, fine. Or Lamar Jackson only gets $12 million instead of 14 Oh, uh, my heart bleeds for that guy. Yeah. 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 Rich people problems. Yeah. Lamar Jackson is having rich people problems, and I don't care. I don't care either. As a matter of fact, I hope it goes on a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, uh, you had something? Yeah. Um, if you want to be a screenwriter write for television and the movies but you have basically no talent and no time no problem because I've compiled the lazy screenwriter's handbook if you're writing a story and you just don't know what to do next just throw one of these in because they always work and people are used to it okay number one for the cast of your show make sure all the men are very diverse in appearance and age and attractiveness but make sure all the women are in their 20s and hot. Yes. Every TV show out there, that's pretty the much handbook. that's it. Yep. That's the handbook. Yep. Yep. All right. Write your main character to have a job where they make about 12k a year, but they live like they make quarter million a year. Beautiful apartment, never wear the same outfit twice, the latest shoes, great cars, on on on. People That's buy a good it. Point. People eat it up that like is crazy. Odd. All of them. I mean, Friends like a, is a good example. Yeah, uh, or King of Queens. King of Queens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, uh, the only one that didn't do it was like Roseanne and and yeah. uh, then the Connors. They thrive on like acting like they have nothing and are poor and just like. Uh, but uh, any of the, like the CSI shows uh-huh. when you go to the detective's home, it's uh-huh. like a gorgeous million dollar house. Yeah, it is. On a detective's salary? I don't think so. <laughs> no. No. But see, here's the thing. If you write your character to have all that stuff, then that's tons of room for product placement from your sponsors. That's true. You show this broke-ass private detective, but he's got the latest Apple phone and laptop because the sponsor wants him to. Yeah, that's right. Audience eats it up. Who cares? All right. Here's another good one for your TV show. Have two characters that are absolute opposites, can't stand each other, but eventually fall in love. <laughs> Haven't you seen that about a million yes. times? Yep. yep. <laughs> the proposal is the one that jumps to mind. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's so true. 
Uh, let's see. You have the clumsy, ugly, nerdy girl, but she's played by an actress who's actually really, really hot. Uh-huh. And then during the course of the show, if she spends money on herself, suddenly she transforms into the hot girl. But the key is you got to have her spend money. Yes. You know, get laser eye surgery so she can ditch the glasses. Go spend money at a salon to get her hair done. Spend money on new clothes. Spend money on more makeup. Spend money on dancing and walking classes. Spend, 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 spend. Now you're the hot girl. That's the message to send out. Yeah. Spend your way into happiness. <laughs> okay. So no, you know, uh, no, and and that makes sense too because I'll bet you there's a lot of um, different entities behind that. That. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're we're getting a lot of uh, really positive. Uh, yeah. No one's stopping and talking, but people like being happy that we're here yeah. and giving us thumbs up and smiling. We sure need that banner. Yeah, back. we do. Yeah. yeah, we do. All right. Here's the next one: the useless dad. If you don't know what else to throw in your show, yeah, throw in the useless and, dad. And actually, there's a commercial kind of making fun of that yes, now, too. Yes, The, the TV dad. progressive? Uh-huh. Yeah, TV dad. Uh-huh. Yeah. But Homer Simpson is the perfect example of a useless dad. He has no parenting skills. He can barely feed and clothe himself. Also, uh, Peter off of Family Guy. Another one. Um, Kevin James on King of Queens. Yes. Totally useless. Um, Tim Allen in Last Man Standing. Yep. Useless. Yep. The useless yep. dad that everyone rolls their eyes at and puts down. Apparently audiences just eat it up. Yeah, they do. <laughs> no, they would have to because it would not keep going on if they didn't. Yep. Here's another really good one to work into your... Have a situation where the whole plot and storyline could be easily resolved by having one person have a two-minute conversation. But, of yes. course, they never yeah, do. Yeah, but they never do. They never do. I've yeah. always thought that, too. It's like, all yeah. this could be averted so easily. Uh-huh. All, uh, a would have to just go over to B yeah. and say C. Yep. And it's like, but no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like they don't want to delve into anything too dark or too nefarious, so they have to uh, um, do something really lighthearted that's just like a little minuscule mistake, uh-huh. but exploit it into something bigger and make it this huge ordeal when actually it should have never been anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you'll yeah. get the character who knows and can totally defuse the situation and end the whole problem. But instead of telling people, they stand around and over and over they say, I have to tell you something. Please wait. Why don't you wait and believe? I want to tell... Okay, they, they could have said it in that amount of time. But exactly. they repeat but over they and over. But I have to over. tell you, I, have to, I need to tell you something. There's something we need to talk about. And either they say, call me later or... The phone rings and somebody has to rush out the door. And, yeah. 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 They tease you about four times with the you know, secret being revealed, and then it never is. It, it never is. Because yeah. it ends the movie. So. Yep. so you can keep, you can like a five-minute plot line into a two-hour movie mm-hmm. by having someone just decide not to tell people the correct information. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so simple. All right. All right. Stalking and harassment. But it's romantic if done by an attractive man. Yes. Lifetime movies. Over and over, the guy basically stalks and harasses the woman. But since he's a hottie, it's okay and it's a romantic. That's true. If the guy looked like me, they'd call the cops. Or me, yeah. (laughs) Yep. But... Is like those Lifetime movies. If, look at the Lifetime movie. That's one where absolutely everybody is gorgeous. 
you know, Joe the plumber from down the street is absolutely gorgeous. You mm-hmm. know, Mindy the paralegal who oh, works in the lawyer's office. Joe the plumber down the road, he's got a rolled up fucking uh, um, flannel shirt, uh-huh. no grease on it. Yeah. Um, each side is rolled up perfectly. And a cucumber down his pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Levi's red tag. Yes. Uh, a nice haircut. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Side no. short, hair a little bit longer, kind of a little fluffy there. Yeah, no, I know. It's like... Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, if, if in the movie the guy is being stalked or harassed by any woman whatsoever, it's considered fun and romantic yeah, and cute. Oh, look at her pursue yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to sway him yeah. sooner or later. Yeah. If a girl is stalking a guy, the guy is supposed to find it flattering and be okay with it. Yeah. If a guy is stalking a girl, it's a crime unless he's, you know, rich and is nice looking. Yes. And then it's the dream guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, that's so true. All right. Here's one that I've noticed over and over. A strong female character in a show, especially if she's the lead, has to have something utterly devastating and tragic in her past or people will buy it. Yeah. In order to add depth to the character, the common thing they use for the female character is a sexual assault somewhere in her past. Yes. Over and over and yes. over. And all you notice at first is she's quirky about certain things. Or she's tough and hard and won't let anybody well, what in. What happened to make her that yes. tough and hard? And they always fall back on sexual assault. Yes. It's, it's like, like the go-to thing. It's, it's like, like well, what the screenwriters are telling you you can't be a strong, successful woman unless you've been raped at some point and had to overcome it. No, you're right. That's sick. That is that sick, is actually. sick as hell, but it's in so many TV shows, no, especially cop shows. It is. Especially yep. in cop shows. <clears throat> Alrighty, next. This is one you've seen over and over, the monologue syndrome, where the bad guy has the good guy at gunpoint. And instead of shooting him, which is which is he what he's wanted to do the whole movie, he stands there and explains everything, explains all the details. He gets himself on you know on tape for the trial later. He just and then he either talks so long that he gets caught, or somebody else shows up like you know the young kid and kicks his ass or something. But yeah. Yeah. That goes along with the incredibly complex way of killing somebody. Well, it's a way to show the dumb people that can't understand what the plot was actually about. Yeah. Now, I brought this up with my son, Lewis, who writes a lot of fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, well, there's certain there are certain ways that you really got to, you know, for telling the story or getting the details and the facts out there. But my point was, there's got to be a better way than this because... They use it over and over. There's get creative and find a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But that's not the idea here. The idea here is if you want to write, you know, storylines and stuff, here's how to how's how to flesh them out. No, that, yeah. <clears throat> here's another one. You know, make you a, a great screenwriter. Make sure your plot line is such that it could be resolved by the death of a single person, but instead they decide to put millions in danger to save that one person. Pretty much every superhero movie. Oh, he wants to kill, you know, this superhero guy. All right, well, let's fight, and millions of civilians will die in the process, but what's-his-name won't get killed. Yeah. Really? That's a good idea? (laughs) 
No, not a good idea. I mean, if, if Fred over there wants to kill Joe, I don't want him coming over here and killing me to make it happen. It's like, no, just take care uh, of your business like, you know, over there. <laughs> we're really sorry for Joe, but, yeah. well, you know. Does he have to take the rest of us with him? No, just no. let him go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Joe should have been proactive in making uh, who was the other guy's name more happy. Yeah. Here's another good one. The good guy fights his way into the bad guy's hideout. Mm-hmm. Gets to the final bad guy and decides, well, I'm not going to kill you because that's wrong and you should go to jail and pay for your crimes and I'm not a killer like you. Except the good guy just killed 17 henchmen on his way in. <laughs> but now all of a sudden, I don't kill. This is all just superheroes. Yes. Look at all the people superheroes kill, too. Think of all the people Batman and Robin killed. Oh, God, yeah. And then they get to the Joker and they won't just punch his lights out? No, they no. got to talk to him. Yeah. Oh, well, we killed all your henchmen, but we're just going to put you in jail yeah. so you can come back next week and we can write no, more Alas, show. we foiled your plot, Joker. <laughs> You know, and I love then they it. go on about how they're going to just gonna continue to, uh, you know, destroy him and kill him and ridicule him and how yeah. he's a bad person and yeah. how did he turn to the dark side. By that time, he already got away. Here's another good one. If your script is in trouble and it's just not sellable yet, write in it the death of a pet for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> TV shows love that. Oh, Movies, yeah. they love that. You come home, oh, my pet is dead. You know? And there's no reason for that pet to be dead. None whatsoever. It's just there for shock value. So that's a good way to save your, your I th- sucky I think script. artificial intelligence killed it. Yeah. Another one. Right into your screenplay that would be a shaky camera the whole time. Hmm. The shaky camera that's jittering and can't keep still. That's awesome because you don't have to worry if there's a bunch of stuff in the background that you didn't get a chance to cover up or hide because mm-hmm. the camera's jerking around so much you can't see it anyway. I remember the shield did that yeah. and you could not tell. NYPD Blue was that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and your actors don't even have to do a decent job anymore because the camera's shaking and jerking around so much we can't yeah. tell if the actor's doing a good job or not. That's so true. you write in the shaky camera your screenplay is going to sell yeah. because it makes so much e- so much else just easier. All right, here's a good one. Abuse of men as a joke. It's everywhere. Yeah. You're not kidding. Look at the way You're Kevin not kidding. on King of Queens, look at the way that the Kevin James's character is treated by Leah Remini. It's spousal abuse. Oh, God, yeah. She's always belittling him, making mm-hmm. fun of him, and telling him he's a loser. Way, you're yeah. loser. Yeah. yeah. But the laugh line triggers every single time, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Watching a show. She just uh, called him a thimble dick moron. <laughs> here's the premise it was, it's a medical drama. You have a, a young doctor and a young nurse uh-huh. that are infatuated with each other. They sneak off somewhere in the hospital to have sex. Not realizing that a security camera has caught them on video. Uh-huh. The video is playing at the main admit desk, and no one can figure out who it is on the video because it's too dark. Okay. So the, the, the nurse decides that it's the doctor's total responsibility to fix it, all on his own, without her. She tells him, you go fix it. So he makes one attempt and can't get the recording. She walks up and backhands him in the belly 
angrily, smacks him in, in just smacks him in the gut because she's pissed that he failed, and that's okay. It was played off as yeah, he deserved it. Somebody because tells he me didn't that wouldn't it. fly anyhow. Yeah, reverse reverse the genders. Yeah, a female doctor and a male nurse. She can't get the video, so he slugs her in the stomach. No, that wouldn't fly. But the girl gets to punch the guy, and it's okay. Half the time, well, this the laugh track goes. This is also <laughs> sexism, too, if you think about it. Yeah. It is sexism, because Absolutely. you automatically assume that the girl is dainty and not going to hurt the guy. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? Because you assumed uh-huh. that the girl is dainty and the guy's big and rugged. Uh-huh. You all know that. Yeah. Oh, he can take it. Yeah. Yeah. There is uh, another... Another episode of a medical show where a lawyer was angry at a doctor for the way a case was going. And she busted in on him while he was examining a patient and punched him in the arm, yelled at him. He sat there and took it. While he's with a patient. While he's with a patient. She stormed out, stormed back in, punched him again, and yelled at him again. And he took it, and she stormed off. He would have been in prison. Now, nothing ever happened. No discipline, no complaints, nothing. But reverse the genders, and that guy's in jail. Loses his license to practice law, gets fired, all that. But when a woman abuses a man on screen, it's funny. It's funny, yeah. It's funny, yeah. So write that into your screenplay. You'll sell a million. Yep. All right. Here's another good one. The fat person is the clown. Yeah. Boy, we just can't get enough of that, can we? It started with uh, the honeymooners. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it used to be a fat person standing next to a skinny person was just funny as hell. Or maybe, and that's uh, where Laurel and Hardy got it. Laurel and Hardy, yeah. yeah. I was going to go back there. That was it. It's Abbott like and Costello. one guy was skinny, one guy was fat. Hilarious. We can trace this down. Yeah. Laurel and Hardy, mm-hmm. Abbott and Costello, yeah. the Honeymooners, yeah. and then uh, the Flintstones. Mm-hmm. Even though Barney wasn't that skinny, I mean, still, you did have yeah. a predominantly overweight guy, and then yeah. the guy, you know. Think of the the success of um, Chris Farley movies. Uh huh. And Chris Farley said all his movies are basically fatty fall down. Uh-huh. That's the movie plot. And he was sick of being the fat guy who was funny for being fat. Uh huh. But by God, that is still used so much on television. Yeah. And even in the reruns, is you know if you know, the fat person is always jolly, funny, not taken seriously, never a romantic lead. Uh-huh. It's just they're there for comedic relief. Yeah. No, wow. you're right. Yep. Wow. It's yep. yeah. At, on the same network where they'll have a commercial saying everyone is beautiful and we should all accept you, they'll run a show where it shows the fat person being less than. Yes. <laughs> God. Very true. Yeah. All right. Here's here's another good one, and this really will save you money when you make your TV show or your movie. You have one character that is five kinds of specialist. Now, there's absolutely no way oh, they have yeah. the time or money yep. to go to school for that long to be that specialized in all those different areas. But on the TV kind show... Kind of like the professor on the Gilligan's Island. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or the goth chick on uh, NCIS. NCIS. Yeah, she did everything. She did I, everything. I was like trying to calculate how many fucking years of school she had to have. Yeah. It's like, well, she can't be over 50. And I calculated 40 mm-hmm. years of school, so did she start at 10? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the lazy part is they introduce you to one character, get you to like that character, 
and then instead of having to fire hire four more and get you like them, they just have that one character do everything, and you just well, go, oh, yeah. And you know what they care. say, too, is here's how they get around <laughs> yeah. it, too. They go, it's suspension of, of, of disbelief. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. no, actually, if you want it to be realistic, you don't do that. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, no, no. This isn't one of those shows that just just got to pretend that this isn't what's really going on. Yeah. And that bothers me because once I notice something in a show like that, I never look at it the same. Yeah. Another good one was Designated Survivor with Kiefer Sutherland. Yes. They had an actress playing a, an FBI agent. I uh, don't remember her name. She was short, very thin, and Asian. Uh, very distinctive. She had the look of a female ninja assassin, which is you know how they how they wanted her to look on the show. But she was an FBI agent. But suddenly she was everywhere, doing everything. And apparently she was the entire FBI because any time they needed the FBI, it was just her. You got to go halfway across the country to search a warehouse. She shows up. The local FBI doesn't take care of it. Local law enforcement take. She has to be there to be on camera. They go over to Romania. Suddenly, she's there leading the mission in Romania. She's the FBI. She has no jurisdiction outside the U.S. Yeah, <laughs> but she was everywhere doing everything. She had like five different law enforcement hats on and just was going everywhere. Extradition didn't matter. Uh, oh, it was just nuts. But they just had this one hot chick actress, and it was like, by God, she's playing all these ten roles that we should have hired and nine more actors it, the guys for. didn't mind. No. Yep. It's, it's like the Baywatch guys. You know, they didn't care. They were they, they knew. They were watching with the sound down just anyway. Just as long as the, <laughs> when they are running, it was slow motion, and the boobs were bouncing. That's all they gave a crap about. And it showed. Yep. Here's another really good one. Dumb shit parents with smart kids. Yes. Aren't you just so There's sick like, of that? Oh my god, my laptop just froze up. Call Billy, the kid. Billy, Billy, fix it for me. Oh no, not again. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, I think I might have already covered this one, but the, the characters who constantly say, let me explain, but never do. They always find some way to put off the explanation. They're always offering to explain, but they never explain. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, no, they do all the time. They go, hey, here, let me explain, and then it goes to something else. Nobody wanted them to explain. They're just yeah. like, yeah, dude, we don't care. <laughs> Here's another good one. Death at the end for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes they feel like, well, there should be a death somewhere in this movie because bad things happen and somebody has to pay, so the end we'll just kill off this random character to shock everybody I've seen it over and over okay I'll tell you the most prominent one growing up I remember is MASH yeah Colonel Blake yep was quitting the show yeah I forgot why or whatever they could have just let him go back to the states they they kind of felt like the Colonel Blake character had done all he could do yeah and they wanted to get someone else in so yeah and they got his uh so, you know, they're like, all right, well, we're not just going to let him go live in America. Uh-huh. We're going to kill him. We're going to shoot him over the seas. Yep. And that was like one of the first ones. And I'm like, hey, why did they have to do that? You know, I was a mm-hmm. kid and I was like, why do they have to do that, man? I love the guy. Why do they have to kill him? Enormous ratings. Yeah, it did too. Because <laughs> then all of a sudden the Inquirer accidentally gets a hold of the script. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he doesn't just leave. He dies. Or it's like, <gasps> he dies? Yep. 
and then everyone imagines like someone comes and shoots him in the head or yeah. some shit. But you know, yeah. And then it's they wait until the final scene. Yeah. To announce his death. Yeah. So that means everybody watched and watched and watched according to this uh, Inquirer uh-huh. article. And about the time they're going, man, this is bullshit. It, it was a lie. All of a sudden he comes out and they see Radar with a bewildered, uh-huh. sad look on his face. Like, oh shit, they're right. Look. And supposedly he didn't tell any of the other cast what lines he was about to say. Yeah. That so Blake it was had like, died. <gasps> yeah. 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 You remember that too. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 An- another good one was, uh, have you ever seen the movie American Beauty with uh, Kevin Spacek? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Spacey, Spacek. Spacey, Spacek. Uh, he is a Spacey. There's, Isn't he in prison now or not? No, but he's he's on he's the outs all, because he's a sexual predator. That's right, but yeah. they never did do anything about it. Yeah, they pretty much just took away his TV show he and said, blacklisted you stop. him. Stop touching or, boys. Should I say African American listed him? Yeah, they, yeah, um, uh, yeah. You can say that. I but guess. there is, without giving anything away, there is a death. Near the end of American Beauty, that just really has. No oh, that's point a great example. There. Yeah, I never even thought about that. It's yeah, totally pointless. Doesn't need to be there. It's just. For it did need to be there. It's just yeah. people go. <gasps> yeah. Let, let's make. Hey, we might get an Academy Award for this movie. Let's throw in a random death to really oh, impress and they'll the put judges. It over the top. Yeah, I think that's about what it was. All right. Uh, stupid, disobedient children who get their parents into trouble or killed. Mm-hmm. So 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 successful. You I mean, meddling kids everywhere. Yeah, how you like it? Now yeah. you both, your parents are dead right there. See them yep. in the hole because you meddling kids. Yep. Yeah, all right, go ahead. Here's, yeah, no, here's another one. It works every time for a TV show. Get two characters and get it to the point of will they have sex or won't they, and then keep that going forever. Melrose Place. Yeah, yeah. Remember uh, that? Niles and Daphne on Frasier. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they keep the sec- they get the sexual tension going. Will they? Won't they? Will they? And that will carry that will carry yeah. a show for probably at least two years. You what can write two years of, of really crappy what episodes. Was the ends of Friends when it was run out of steam. It was Joey and uh, uh, Rachel. Yeah, they were trying to hook up anybody <coughs> for sexual tension. Yeah, but like, they never Ugh. could quite hook them up. Yeah, I think if uh, I the audience correctly, didn't accept it. Yeah, one of them was almost ready, was ready to hook up with the other, and the other one wasn't ready, and then vice versa. Yeah. yeah. And actually, in real life, the, the actors did hook up, and that's why Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt broke up. Broke up, up yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they, they, they said publicly that Brad was the cheater, but Jennifer Aniston's they agreed dad... To that. Jennifer Aniston's dad wrote a book. And in Jennifer Aniston's dad's book, he said... The actor who played Joey, Matt LeBlanc, had an affair with Jennifer Aniston while she was married to Brad Pitt, and that's what busted up the marriage. But they agreed it would be more harmful to her career to be the cheater than it would be to Brad Pitt's career if People he were the cheater. People expected it from Brad Pitt. So Brad agreed to take the hit as the cheater when he really wasn't, because his career could survive it better than hers could. So Brad Pitt was a pretty up stand-up guy. He gets... He gets uh, her cheating on him, and then he makes it easier on her. That was pretty stand-up of him. So, all you people blaming Brad Pitt, get over it. (laughs) Here's another really good one. Resurrection of a character or a fake death. Oh, people eat that shit up. Yep. Oh, people (coughs) love that stuff. 
God, they do. Like uh, Ripley on the Alien series. Mm -hmm. She dies. They resurrect her. No harm, no foul. Yep. Uh, let's see. Curly on the City Slickers, played by Jack Palance. Oh, that's a good one, yep. Dies in the first movie. They bring him back in the second movie as an identical brother. <laughs> or a you cousin probably, or something. You probably didn't see this, but Ray Liotta's, uh, I believe, last movie, The Many Saints in Newark, uh -huh. they killed his character off, uh -huh. and they brought him back as his brother. Yep, yep. I've seen that. Uh, let's see. Uh... Um, and also, the way they filmed him was pretty genius, too. Mm -hmm. They filmed him kind of from underneath in an angle to make him look much bigger. Yeah. So he looked almost identical, only bigger than his brother that was killed. Yeah. The TV show Dallas did a famous one where a beloved character was shot to death on the final episode of a season. And then the whole next season, uh, Bobby. Oh, Bobby. Yeah, Bobby got shot by his crazy sister-in-law mm -hmm. and died. They showed the death scene in the hospital. He croaks, flatline, everybody's weeping. The whole next season, it's all about you know dealing with his death and how the business is changing and all this stuff. Patrick Duffy. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that season, they have... Uh, the dead guy's widow wake up, walk into the shower of her apartment, open it up, and there's there's her long dead husband standing there taking a shower, saying good morning, honey. And then they end the season that season with that one. And when the next season starts, it turns out the whole previous season was just a bad dream. He never was shot. It was just all her dream, and everything goes back to the way it was. And that I whole season is that. a that throwaway, was wasn't it? I remember That's just a pretty like, extreme example. I wasn't of, like uh, really into the show because of my age then, but I remember after that going, I'm not even going to even kind of try to watch this. Yeah, that was just so stupid. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, here's another good one. Pregnancy as the whole plot. Gee, people get pregnant all the time. There's 8 billion people on the planet, so pregnancy is not a rarity. You're going to make a whole TV show or a whole movie about that? It's pretty ordinary. <laughs> but apparently people eat it up. They do. So, yeah, if you're lazy, have no ideas or inspiration, just write a show or a movie about pregnancy. It'll sell. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and this, this is another good one. The good guy turns out to be the traitor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Over yep. and over and, and over, a, and that people is an never old, get tired of it. That is an old standby. Oh, oh my yes. God. Yeah, the good guy, the Mr. Rogers. Uh-huh. Hi, everybody. Damn well bet. Yep. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, oh, gee, he's been the cute, cuddly guy all through the movie, and all, all of a sudden, sudden when he's they the catch big, him, bad he pulls guy. out a gun. Uh-huh. He goes, that's right, you piece of shit. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, I stood by and watched you yep. do this and this and that. And then he starts monologuing, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> yep. And then he develops some weird, complex way to kill the hero and then walks away and hopes it all works out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and when I leave here, the bomb will go off. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, you don't even have to have talent to be a screenwriter. Just use any one or any combination of these and, boy, howdy. Yeah, it'll sell because yeah. you turn on the TV and that's all you're getting anyway. <laughs> yep, that's true. You know, some friends of mine are really, uh, really into the superhero movies, action movies, a lot of special effects, etc. 
Uh-huh. And occasionally they're like, hey, let's watch this newest one. But I don't know, anymore those movies just really bore me. Me too. That's not enough. I want I want a good story. Uh-huh. I want characters that I can feel a certain way about. Either like them or dislike them or care what happens. But like the, the original Avatar movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. A bunch of humans show up to this planet where a bunch of other people already live and they're trying to steal a resource and they fight. Okay. What's new about that? Nothing. What's compelling about that? Nothing. Uh, I'm not going to watch it just for the pretty, pretty special effects. Yeah. You know, there's no storyline there to interest me. Yeah. Nah. Don't care. Oh, but the special effects are so cool. I don't care. I can bring up a YouTube video that shows me special effects and not have to pay 15 bucks to go sit in the theater. Yeah. (laughs) It just, that's not enough to interest me anymore. No, I'd rather see six people standing around, sitting around a table discussing things that really happened and like delving into why the 737 Max by Boeing is still a piece of shit airplane. However, However, I did see a movie that interests me last night on the internet. Yeah. And it's out in theaters, and I may watch it tonight or tomorrow night, depending. Um, it's called Spinning Gold. Oh, I think I saw an ad for that. Yeah, and it's about the inception of Casablanca Records. Mm-hmm. And how they went and signed by Donna Summer, Kiss, uh-huh. um, who else? They signed all these people, but they treated them like family. Oh, they, wow. they said they worked with us, not for us. And they actually went against uh, um, Barry Gordy. And the whole Motown movement, they yeah. actually were successful. Amazing. See, a movie like that interests me. Yeah, me too, because I, I would hope, I would think it's really factual. Yeah. Shows a lot of people acting like Kiss, old footage, and their mm-hmm. inception. And there's probably some differences in that yeah. than Kiss is going to tell you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and uh, also the Donna Summer and all that, how they like kind of were like, you know, we're not just going to be Motown. Mm-hmm. We're going into like some sort of like shock or glam mm-hmm. rock and metal, and there's so yeah. many other acts like the Village People were on Casablanca. Yeah, a lot of record labels tried to be uh, a specific type of music. Yeah, where Casablanca is just kind of like a, you know, we're doing things differently. We like them, and we think they're good and sellable. We're going to hire them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, everything else will play out, and they did very well until they sold. Mm-hmm. So I think I might see that tonight or tomorrow night. Yeah. But that's the type of movie that I would rather watch right now. Right. So. Yeah. And a lot of the previews I see are from movies that are, they're distraction, they're you know temporary entertainment. Uh, I guess I want more than that. I want something that's going to make me think about it for days and no, days me afterwards. Me too. You know, and something that's going to prompt me to look more into it or come up to some, come with some conclusions. But if it's just you know background noise, it's, you know, I'll watch the movie for two hours and I'll forget it. You see, I want rather see, not. I would want to see Casablanca and their creator. I forgot their names. Any others? A few I've been on it. Um, mm-hmm. I want to hear their point of view on everything that went on, the music that went on, the uh, um, the attitudes of their uh, s- the people they signed, mm-hmm. what they had to do to them to shape and mold them. Did they go to Kiss and go, this is cool, but we need more? Mm-hmm. Or did they have to go to Kiss and go, you know what, you need to tail it back just for right now. I need to know um, really this stuff here, what their point of view on what happened, because we know what Kiss thinks happened, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. We don't know what the people assigned to things happened. 
true. And then I can believe either one of them or go, oh, well, I'm pretty sure this is what happened according to both, you know. Yeah. Anyhow. Anyhow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a difference in wanting to learn something or be, meant, you know, challenged by something or think or whether you just want some fluff for a while. Well, and I, I, also, I also think that um, something like that interests me. It may not interest everybody. Yeah. But... Yeah. It looks really interesting to me. Someone else will be like, I don't care what happened. Mm-hmm. So. But the funny thing is they get all defensive when I don't want to watch the movie. And they act like I'm putting them down for wanting to watch it. Then no, they start no, no. feeling insecure and start getting angry and defensive about liking the movie. It's like, dude, you like it and I don't. Who cares? What's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. keep liking it. I keep not liking it. Yeah. And we both live. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I, I had a guy actually just argue with me because I didn't like the movies he liked, and he kept, well, what's wrong with it? I don't like it. But a lot of people, they sold millions and millions of people saw it. Well, I'm not it's one popular. of those millions. Yeah, he couldn't get the idea. He was still stuck on it's popular, therefore it's good, and everyone should watch it. Uh, no, I don't have to. I don't want to. Yeah, and he even went so far as to say I was going to get fun made made fun of because I didn't watch the movie yeah I think it was one of the Star Wars movies he, he felt like my social life was over because I couldn't show my face because I didn't see and love the certain Star Wars movie that was out they it's jumped like, the shark dude I don't like Star Wars I never did <laughs> I like I like the first two first two were okay then after that it started going downhill they started putting in the goofy yeah they start stretching it out, watering it out. No, uh-uh. That like, whole thing could have been done in two movies. In, in the same movie, they have little cutesy baby furry animals that we're supposed to laugh and, and go aw over. Yeah. In the very same movie, we have Anakin Skywalker murdering children for political gain. Yes. What the fuck kind of movie is this? Is uh, this a movie yeah. for little kids to go aw, cute fuzzy animals? Mm-hmm. Or is this a movie that's about hard political, you know, okay. choices and Here's what I think assassination? That's watering the movie down and stretching it out. But yeah, but why put in the stuff for little kids if it's not a little kids movie? That's no, what I don't George get. Lucas was—he was done with the scripts. Yeah, he wrote everything out, and then the uh, production company said, "Well, we want to get this many movies out of it." Mm-hmm. What can you put in there? Yeah. Ah, uh, let's see. Uh, some playful scenes. Yeah. Well, it was suggested that some of those scenes were for comic relief or, you know, tension relief because it's been so, you know, like movies like tense and you need something to laugh at here. But don't make it something that appeals to a six-year-old, you know? People in their, in their teens yeah, and I, 20s I are watching saying, this movie. And I never agreed with that idea. Yeah, you I, might as uh, well have Barney come dancing out on the screen in his yeah, purple oh, dinosaur you, outfit. You let me, yeah, I, you know? yeah. Give me so, something, you know, sure, go ahead and have some tension relief or whatever, but make it humor for uh, young adult to adult audiences and not romper room shit. Yes. Which is what a lot of Star Wars t- turned into. Shit, yeah. It was like Jar Jar Binks is there to appeal to seven-year-olds. And there's a lot of stuff in the movie that seven-year-olds shouldn't be watching. A seven-year-old should not be watching the movie, period. Yeah. So if they start mixing that in the movie, I don't have any use for the movie. It's like, make up your mind who this movie is for. I always did, always, and then still do view it as filler. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, it's you wouldn't put Sesame Street in as filler in a porno. It's inappropriate. And why do you want children to watch the porno? Why do you want children to laugh and goof at the, the funny filler in the brutal, ugly, bloody Star Wars movie? Yeah. That's sick. Yep. I don't know. I guess Americans are sick. Yeah. We're all a bunch of sick We fucks. are a bunch of sick folks. <laughs> Look around you. Yeah. Tell me any different. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, if, if people want to watch that movie and enjoy it, go ahead. Yeah. I'm not saying they should stop making it. I'm not going to protest in it. I'm just saying I don't want it. I don't want anything to do with it. And shut the hell up if you're going to try and make me feel bad about not liking it. Yeah. You know, you go like it. I'll stay here and not like it. And we're both fine. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, and I've had people like that, too. They try to pick a fight with you because you don't like what they like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they always jump to that, well, it's popular. No, I know. Yeah, and there's then whenever a... they do that, I go, you're right, you changed my mind. <laughs> and I go, no, I didn't. I go, yeah, you did. Once you said it was popular, uh-huh. all of a sudden I realized how frivolous I was being. Thank you. I'm going to go watch the show right now, so i got to go. When they when they tell me that, the first thing I like to do is say, do you like everything that's popular? Everything that's popular? Is that a good enough reason to like everything? You know popular? Cutting it. The edge out of a trash bag and drinking the juice. That's pretty popular right there. Yeah, yeah. You're going to go do that. Yeah. yeah. Millions, it's popular. Of, millions of people worldwide shoot heroin directly into their veins every day. It's really popular. Yeah, go do that. It's popular. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to tell me I have to because it's popular, so do you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I meant was... And then we go into that. Yeah. That's, that's the cry of the mentally tiny... What I, meant what, was, what I meant was is retracting. Yes, you're, you That's not came denying. out with a bold statement, then you got to walk it back. Yeah, and you, you can't deny. Out yeah, you can't <laughs> deny what you just said. So you have to alter what you meant. Yep. Yeah. So you're just going to keep blurting out these bold statements and then have to. Well, that's not true because what I meant was. Yeah. Well, how about you don't say it until you know what you mean? Exactly. <laughs> Save us all a lot of time and effort. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well. Yeah. So I was watching Disney, or saw a commercial for Disney the other Disney. day. Disney. Yeah. And uh, I started thinking about the Cinderella story. Now, I don't think Disney invented the Cinderella story, but they certainly gave us the most popular version of it. Yes, they did. Um, but it really, the, the plot line is really kind of messed up when you think about it. So here's Cinderella. She's treated as subhuman because she has no money, no family, no husband, works with her hands, and people treat her like dirt and crap. Okay. The rich and successful people shun her. Yep. Um, the family or the people around her, her stepmother and her stepsisters, they all want to be rich and successful too. Uh, she wishes and even prays to be just like the people who don't want her and don't want anything to do with her, the rich people. Uh-huh. So then the fairy godmother, also you know, representing God, answering your prayers, just makes it happen without her putting in any work, any effort, without earning anything. He just gives, she just gives it to her. Poof, you're now just like those people you always wanted to be and who don't want you. Go live out your fantasy for a night. 
So she goes to the ball, but she has to return and return to her life um, after the night is over and spends the whole rest of the time wishing she could go back. Yeah. A brief view of the good life, and now all she wants is to go back. Okay. Okay. Now, when the prince eventually finds her, does he accept her for who she is? Uh-huh. No. He puts the shoe on her, turns her back into the beautiful princess. Uh-huh. Then he wants her. That's right. So he transforms her back into the princess, and then she's good enough for him. Uh-huh. And then her life gets better again. Only when she's the rich, successful person is her life good. Yikes. Um, she never seeks acceptance to be... To be, she never seeks, seeks acceptance for what she is. Always wants to be someone else that involves having money and spending money. Yeah. The ones who tell her the truth and offer her good advice are painted as evil, hateful, and cruel. Her stepmother and her stepsisters. They're basically yeah. telling her, we don't have money. We don't have a chance to get any money. This is kind of where we are in life. And it'd be better if you didn't live in a fantasy world to just kind of get it, you know, get used to it and learn how to exist the way things are. True. But in the storyline, they're painted as, you're so ugly and stupid, no one's ever going to want you, and you're never going to amount to anything. So they're painted as evil for trying to get her to be happy where she is and not want more. So this is all grooming us to buy our way into happiness, isn't it? That's right, yep. Yeah, so Cinderella's buying her... And the moral of the story is spend your way into happiness. The people who have, are rich and who have money, they're happy, they're successful. Everybody wants to be them. Everybody wants to be turned into them. Uh-huh. That's the story of Cinderella. If you're poor and working for a living, you're worthless. you got to be one of the rich, happy people. Then you matter. And they run their theme parks that way. That's right. They, they tell people with, with, you know, kind of regular, ordinary jobs and lives, uh-huh. save up all year round, don't save that money for retirement, come to Disney and blow exactly, it all yep. here, pretend you're something you're not, and then go home and dream about it until yep. you come back next year with your next big wad of cash. Yeah, that's, uh, yep, that's, <laughs> that's Disney. Disney. Yep. They're saying, come live your fantasy, you ordinary, average slob. Yeah, and if not, then you're just someone that's not memorable at all. Uh, But Disney's done a really good job of painting themselves as friendly, loving, family-oriented. Oh, they have, yeah, when they're actually the opposite as far as you can get Mm -hmm. from the opposite of supporting a local family. Yeah. Yeah, you got to realize that this is how they make their billions of dollars a year, which is the only thing they're interested in, by making you think they love you. And care for you, just the way McDonald's pretends to. Oh, yeah. Just the way Burger King pretends to, and Coke, and, and Ford. All of them and, do. And, yeah. Yeah, all of them. So. They want your money. If you're not giving them money, they have no use for they you. Don't, they don't even want to look at you. No. So, yeah. If you're not going to go. This is the voice guy from your favorite podcast, Two Douchebags and a Microphone. People often ask us how they can find us when doing a remote broadcast. One, smell. Go to the city market and start sniffing. Our aroma has been described as a mixture of flea powder for goats, Tabasco sauce, and old sock with dark fuzzy urine. Two, look for the spot absent of patrons. Three, the most telling sign is a crowd of patrons vomiting uncontrollably. Four, just call us at 816-512-7717.
swimming in toxic masculinity, and wiping their ass with politically correct wash rags. Two douchebags in a microphone invade your ear holes in three, two, one. Hello, this is Satan. You might know me from my pet name, Inflation. I'm here to tell you that there's no better way to relax than listen to two douchebags in microphone by a nice warm fire at night. I sit there and I reflect on all the souls I burned that day. Enjoy. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. Hey, you forever feel yourself in pocket. It's not even in. Oh, oh shit. What's, What's that, that over there? there? Oh, no. It's, it's an island, island of horrible, horrible jokes. jokes. It's easy to convince ladies not to eat Tide Pods. It's harder to deter gents. Ha 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 ha. City Market. I'm Mark. I'm Chopper. All right. We're so, missing our banner, so this is... I know, and it sucks, because I just almost had a guy, he turned around, he walked over here, halfway, and then he turned around and started talking with his people. Yeah. I thought he was going to come talk, but at least we have that talk at the first with the Tampa Bay guy, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, all right. I have one here. You hear about the Goodell uh, Mahomes um, little tuffle? No. I, I'm surprised Goodell has the balls to be critical of well, Mahomes because he's uh, making so much money for the NFL. He wasn't exactly... I'll just... I'll, I'll read it. I wouldn't think he'd want to throw shade at all on this man. He kind of threw shade out there and it kind of drifted towards Mahomes, maybe? Yeah, okay. I, I'll let you know. Okay, here, I'll let here you tell we go. Him. Okay. When a sports reporter tweeted out that the NFL just voted that a team could play more than one Thursday night game in a season, Hector mm-hmm. Mahomes responded with a facepalm emoji. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. The whole reason most players and coaches are not happy with that Thursday night game is because of short week and limited practice. Mm-hmm. Okay, healing time, game time strategy, all of this. And not to mention it throws your whole week off. It's a competitive advantage to everybody in your division except you. It's yeah. a disadvantage. Yeah. And a good team gets penalized, and a bad team is actually rewarded. I have an idea how they want to use this to their advantage. Well, they're already talking about flex schedule. They're trying to figure out how to do that. Yeah. I think that imagine a team that... Uh, they set up their schedule. They want two Thursday night football games. So here's how they do it. They have a bye week. When they come back from their bye week, they have a Thursday night game. So then that's no disadvantage there. Then the next week, they have a second Thursday night game. And then after that, they get 10 days before they have to play again. So they never get the short week because they use their bye week. And then they get two Thursday night football games. That's what I think teams want to do it, yeah. Because you can manipulate the schedule to where you never have that short week, 
and you get a couple of Thursday night games, and then you get a 10-day break after them. That's what people want. And they get to see better games on Thursday night. Yeah, because the way it is now, every team has to play one. So Thursday night football games are kind of the dumping ground on the schedule. It's like, you know, oh, what do we got left? Oh, these two. Throw them on Thursday night well, football. Well, I mean, here's what the first thing I thought. Is there enough games in the season to support that? Yeah. Okay, because there's 16 teams, right? Yeah. That'd be eight games. No, there's 32. So that's 16 games. Oh, 16 games. Yeah, that's right. Except it's 15 because Detroit and Dallas always have Thursday night football on Thanksgiving. So then there's some teams that aren't even going to get one yet. No, they all. They all are going to get one game. Well, how is that physically possible? Because you take Dallas and Detroit out, at least 30 teams, that's 15 games, and you have a 17-week schedule. Okay, yeah, you're right. So, you know, first week and last week, you don't have to have Thursday night games, or somewhere in there you can dump a Thursday night game. Like, they usually will dump the last one of the season, and then they won't have a Thursday night game during the World Series. Yeah, so now they're going to probably fill those up with games. No, I think what they're doing is they're going to let people out. Is like, you know, okay, Tampa Bay, you don't have to play any Thursday night games this year because Dallas wants to do three of them. I think that's what they're going to do. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And that's how they're going to get the extras. Uh-huh. And that's why they're debating it right now. Right. Because even, even entertaining it. Yeah. They already know which angle they're going to take. Uh-huh. A lot of teams are like, yeah, I don't want Thursday night. But then there's other teams like, hey, we can get a 10-day break in the middle of the season and a bye week. Yep. And have two national broadcast games. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. They'll do it. Hey, no, they we'll definitely will. Yeah. So, so I think that's probably what Mahomes had his face palm about is. You know, see where it was going. Yeah, yeah. The Chiefs will probably get four games. Somebody figured out a way to make more money doing it, so that's why they wanted to have And it. you tell me, as much as I love the Chiefs, Hunt and company wouldn't be like, oh, you want us to do three of them? <laughs> okay. Lamar Hunt was the one who pioneered Thursday night football. I know. Yeah. And initially he was like, I want a Thursday night Thanksgiving game. We got Tuesday two games during the day on Thanksgiving Thursday. I want a night game on Thanksgiving Thursday. Yeah. And the league said, okay, but we're going to go all year long. <laughs> and interesting fact, the Chiefs were one of the were one of the two teams doing the first Thursday night football because of that. Yeah, uh, wasn't it? I forget who we played. It might have been the Chargers. I think it's the Chargers. Yeah. Yes, I was going to say it's the but Chargers. But yeah, because Lamar, it was Lamar Hunt's idea, they had the Chiefs play in the first Thursday night football game. Yeah, I remember that game, actually. It wasn't really that long ago. No, it really wasn't. So, okay, so um, anyhow, you know, these, uh, the Chiefs would definitely be a victim of such a schedule. This would mean that the advantage would definitely go to the week-following opponent. Yeah. So right after good old Roger Goodell got his feelings hurt and responded to Mahomes' baseball tweet with his tweet, the league has not seen a spike in player injuries during – Thursday night football games, and the league is not prioritizing Amazon over Amazon over the players' safety. I don't feel we're putting Amazon over our players. Yeah. Why did he go to that suddenly? Well, it says Amazon's the one that owns Thursday well, night know, football rights. That's not what Mahomes said but, or insinuated. No, but I think that's where Goodell is trying to steer the conversation. Bingo. Instead of saying, you know, instead of addressing the real issue and having to address it, he addresses a fake issue and defuses it. Exactly. And that'll half the people will go, oh, okay, I'm satisfied, and they won't think about that it anymore. That pisses me off more. Yeah. That makes me go, wait a minute, you didn't answer anything. As a matter of fact, you opened up a whole other can of shit. Yeah. 
Like yeah. you ask your mayor, why has this pothole not been filled? And he says, well, this Do curb the- has in good, is in good condition and we're going to keep it that way. Yeah. That's what oh, Goodell okay. just did. The curb's in good condition. Everybody leave. Yep. Yeah. That's what Goodell just did. Yeah, he swerved everybody out yeah. over the other way. Look over here to something that's kind of vaguely similar. Yeah. And look how I fixed that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's Goodell's job as a commissioner. No, he's actually he's basically spin doctor for the NFL. He actually anymore. did an excellent job on that yeah. because the half of people are like, "Oh, sorry to bother you. I'll I'll let myself out." Yeah. Yeah. And you know, why do people bother to interview him anymore? Because you don't get anything truthful out of him. You don't get anything meaningful. It's yeah, like I mean, interviewing the coach after the football game. You're going to get the same coach double speak that doesn't mean I anything. See right it's now, just pointless. NFL Network, Mr. Goodell. So, uh, what about uh, what is the latest advances in CTE? Why, yes, you do get a great value here at the NFL. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. But you're not answering my question. And parking fees are coming down across the league everywhere. We're working hard to try to lower fees even more. Then he'll pat you on the head until you run along. Thank you, little guy. There's the door. Yeah. Um, You know, as long as people can bet on the NFL, they're going to say, good enough. Okay. Yeah, exactly. No one cares. All right, I got another one for you. Need a little story here. Sure. Terrytown, New York, Associated Press. A patient stole the ambulance and had taken it to a New York City hospital and took it on a 25-mile joyride that ended up when state police used a spike strip to stop him, authorities said. Wow. Taking an ambulance for a joyride, He must have not gutsy. been in too bad a shape. Yeah. I mean, uh, safe to say he wasn't like a heart patient. No, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> this incident unfolded early Thursday after a 47-year-old man was taken into... Dang it, everybody's looking, but nobody stops to say anything. We should put a chair there. Yeah, we should. <laughs> we'll do that next time. We'll, we'll make sure we have a chair. Yeah. Um, it's then unfolded early Thursday after the 47-year-old man was taken to Mount Sinai Morningside Hospital in Manhattan for observation. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he was probably a space cadet as it began. Yeah. And then they go get him. He's in there squirming around. Hmm. So, anyhow, the ambulance, uh, the incident unfolded Thursday after a 47-year-old man taking him out Sinai. The ambulance uh, that he had ridden in was sitting outside the hospital and locked and occupied and with the keys in the ignition. <laughs> yeah. When the man left the facility just before 5 a.m., a New York City police spokesperson said, I might have even done that. Yeah. <laughs> the man got in and drove off, police said. Well, no shit. Yeah. Isn't that what he did? He looked at her and said, hey, everything's in place. I'm gone. Suck yeah. <laughs> These ambulances have a lot of pharmaceuticals in them, too. Oh, yeah. They probably didn't tell about that. Yeah. Even the just the empty syringes you can sell. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. The ambulance was tracked by GPS heading north through Westchester County on Interstate 87, police said. State troopers spotted the ambulance near Terrytown and tried to stop it. The New York State Police said in the news release, the driver failed to stop. The, tro- the troopers gave chase, police said. The runaway ambulance was finally stopped when troopers put a tire spiking device on the Mario M. Cuomo Bridge. Mario, not Mario. Mario M. Cuomo. Yeah, yeah. yeah that douchebag. And he has, a, he has a whole lineage of douchebags. So, he's yeah. not related to Super Mario or the Mario Brothers. No, no, no. He'd be no, cool then. No, he would be very cool yeah. if he was related to them. 
Me and I cooler if you did. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the, it looked like an A here. Mario, not Mario. Okay, anyhow, um, the bridge that spans the Hudson River, police said. The ambulance tried, uh, tires deflated when the man tried to cross the bridge. The man was arrested on charges including grand larceny, criminal possession of stolen property, unlawfully fleeing a police officer in a motor vehicle, driving while intoxicated. Oh, okay. Police said information on his attorney wasn't immediately available. That means we're paying for it. Yeah. Well, yeah, an ambulance is worth a lot of money. That's that's definitely grand larceny there. The spokesperson for the hospital had no comment. Uh, I don't suppose there needed to be one. Yeah, there's probably going to be a lawsuit over it, so they don't want to say anything. Yeah. Well, anyhow, got another little tidbit here. Okay, then I got one. Phoenix, Arizona, Associated Press. Donors of a Dairy Queen in uh, Phoenix remain perplexed and slightly amused as to why someone would steal the giant red spoon that adorned their restaurant. Oh, okay. Giant red spoon, yeah. yeah, I I don't have, you know, they have those red spoons at Dairy Queen. Yeah, it's like the tasting spoon for the the ice cream or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a giant red spoon, and I saw it. It is a cool-looking spoon. It's uh, it's on the whole side of the Dairy Queen. It's probably maybe 14 foot tall. Nice. Something like that, and it's really neat. It's just... And it's like right up against the side of it, and it's just, it's cool looking. Probably people stop there, take pictures, and get a blizzard, Yeah. move on. We were kind of upset, but then more puzzled. Paula Carla said Wednesday, what are they going to do with a spoon? <laughs> yeah, that's probably some stoner's room. Yeah, got a yeah big he's got the strobe spoon. light on it, and he's growing his mushrooms in the corner. I'm going to cook me up a, a spoonful of heroin here yeah. in the big, world's <laughs> well, biggest spoon. Oh, man, I sure <laughs> hope I'm careful with this biggest spoon. <laughs> she and her husband, uh, uh, Ramon Cara, Carla, um, said the spoon uh, snatching occurred sometime between late Friday and early Saturday. The 15, okay, it wasn't 14 foot, the 15 foot tall spoon stood against the side of the building with a handle nestled in an opening of a roof uh, uh, a roof vent. So they didn't have it bolted down. It was just sitting there. It was just inside oh, there, yeah. Oh, you're just asking for it then. Uh, their surveillance camera uh, caught two people appearing to manipulate the screws that held the spoon to a base and then taken off with a small on a small motorbike. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Cruising down the road on a little Vespa with How a 14 How did they not get spoon? busted just there? <laughs> a, a giant spoon on a motorbike. That's awesome. do you think awesome. someone would be like, hey... Maybe we need to go check these people out. Uh, just, people, I, I've seen things so weird that something like that probably wouldn't even turn my head anymore. Anyhow, Ramon <laughs> said uh, one of the owners, and, uh, they were so precise about it, they had done it like they'd done it before. Uh, they just wiggled their way through and made sure the spoon was not damaged. The couple reported the theft to the Phoenix police. No suspects. No leads on the spoon. No leads on the spoon. <laughs> Giant forks are now very worried. Yes. <laughs> Pictures at 11. Well, here's a nice, uh, good example of how things have changed. Yes. The other day I was unwrapping uh, some something, and it was wrapped in a newspaper from uh, August of 1962. Oh, wow. Um, so 60 years ago, basically, just about, 60, uh, a little over 60 um, to give you some perspective, there was a, a 
an article talking about the first year anniversary of the Berlin Wall. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's how long ago this was. Wow. But the really interesting part was reading the classified ads of the newspaper. This was a Kansas City Is newspaper. there still any classified ads anymore? I really don't know. I don't know either. I don't get the story anymore. They're a piece of shit paper. I will not support them. But the classified ads were, the word classified comes from, it was, they were arranged by what the, what, what you wanted. Like you could put in advertisements for if you had a house to rent or a house to sell. You could put in ads for if you had a car to sell or wanted to buy, pets. There were ads for horses and livestock. Uh, I got really interested in the ones that were help wanted. They had separate categories, help wanted male, help wanted female. So there's a big difference from 60 years ago. Wow. They they had separate lists in the help wanted section for men and for women. Gender separation in the help wanted ads. Wow. You could never have that nowadays. No, no. If an employer called up and said, I want to put an ad in, but men only, and they'd say, uh, no, No, I actually remember that, that, though, where they go, well, the, the... this is only for a male only. Uh, this is only for a female only. Yeah, that. So, but I started looking through the ads. The, the ads for the men, it was like bartender, laborer. Uh, the stockyards were still a big thing back then, so there's a lot of stuff going with them. Uh, construction, a lot of a lot of physical labor. Mm-hmm. So then I looked under the help wanted for women. It was. 90% clerical, typist, secretarial, and about 10% babysitting. I believe that. But here was the really the real kicker on the help wanted for women. They would specify that they wanted a white woman. Wow. Yeah. It was so weird to read in the classified ads of the Kansas City Star where it said, help wanted, woman, typist, white only. Wow. Wow. 60 years ago, and they were still doing that. A very few ads that would actually Not say... Not just that they're doing that, but they're getting away with it. Yeah. It was just an ordinary thing that they would do. It was like, except it was like, oh, you yep. just want white one? Okay. Yeah. All right. And well, there, good luck. There were even some ads that would say, you know, help wanted clerk. Then they would say white or colored. Wow. Yeah. It was so shocking to see that in, in the... A help wanted ad, straight out telling him you have to be woman and you have to be white. Wow! Isn't that something? That is something. Yeah, and I was about a year old then, so you know I was alive at that point. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but just the idea of something like that happened. But you know, a newspaper like that should be taken to public schools and showed and said, "Look, look how far we've come." Uh, there's no, I don't know. There, Rather than show people look how far we've come, it's it's more popular to say look how much farther we have yet to go. But I, I still think that that is historically valuable to see something like that. Oh, I do too. Yeah. Well, it kind of puts it in perspective about how far we've come mm-hmm. and what they did get away with doing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was something else. <laughs> did you know that uh, scientists um, conducted? An Oreo test to see the best way to twist off an Oreo. Well, somebody had to. Uh, Yeah, that's true. All right, so it's called the Great Cookie Twist. Mm -hmm. And um, these are, let's see, boy, this has been a 
a couple weeks since, uh, okay. Is an MIT department of mechanical engineering. Uh, looks like it was in Ohio. Um, does a, okay, what they did was they took various types of Oreos, mm -hmm. stuffed, double stuffed, um, different flavors. Oh, yeah, and, flavors and, make a difference. Yeah, and they have this contraption, and to spare all the boring stuff in here, because I should have proofread it and did my own article, so I'm gonna, just going to try to ad-lib it and just forget this article, because I know... Because they had pictures and everything, it's a little bit harder to describe. But we don't need the engineering details. No, we don't. So, no. so <laughs> they came up with this is like a platform, mm -hmm. and on this platform was a spindle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The spindle held the cookie and let it twirl at the same time. Okay. Okay. They did multiple speeds. Oh, okay. And they re they removed the top cookie from the stuffing. Okay. So they came out with an exact equation of the best way to, but there's no perfect way. They figured out there's no perfect way to remove the top cookie and leave the stuffing intact. I guess you'd have to do both clockwise and counterclockwise. Yes. Lifting straight off. Yes. All those. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All of this. And so this study actually took over a year. I think they would have, probably have to do it at different temperatures, too. They did, too. Yes. Yeah. They did all of this, and they discovered that room temperature Oreos mm -hmm. at a certain speed, it was like, it was a really slow speed, mm -hmm. and basically counterclockwise, you will get 85% of your stuffing 70% of the time. Okay. That makes sense. You do it slowly. So the inertia <laughs> doesn't have time to hold the stuffing in place. Uh -huh. The torque has time to act on it. Yeah. And on that article, it had all the percentages and all that. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. All you need to know is someone spent over a year figuring this out at MIT in Ohio. And um, Well, that's good because, you know, if I want to tear my Aereo in half, I want to reliably know that I'm going to get all the all this stuff on one side or another. So, yeah. Yeah, so you know, this there is, you go. This is vital information for people who eat Oreo cookies. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> Um, wow. Did you, uh, on a, on a non-related story, well, kind of, I mean, uh, we're going from cookies to chewing gum. Oh, okay. Robert Downing Jr. Um, had a piece of gum that he was chewing. And um, anyhow, in the uh, Iron Man Marvel comics, uh, it doesn't say which Iron Man. There's so many of them. Yeah, I, I think it's like... Uh if you watch the movies and watch him talking, you can sometimes see the gum in his mouth because he was constantly chewing gum. Yes, and they have footage of him throwing this gum out and the guy actually picking it up. Mm, so that's how it. he's saying this is the gum. He picked the gum up and he put it in a wrapper. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying too. But when you hear how much money he got for it, oh you're not going to be doing that. For <laughs> New York Post, an eBay user claims to have gotten a hold of the actor's gum used... At the, well, I mean, he, he claimed it, I mean, assuming he didn't do the old switcheroo, yeah. this is a gummy selling, because it is, and then they did a test to confirm, mm -hmm. just to prove, okay, so he did prove it is his, he didn't switcheroo on it. Mm -hmm. They did a DNA test to confirm it is Robert Downey Jr.'s saliva oh on this gum. <laughs> That's so awesome so, they did a DNA test. 
and this is what he put in this eBay ad. <laughs> Hello, I happened to be in the area during the event in which had famous actor and producer John Favreau being added to the Hollywood Walk of Fame during the event. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, it wasn't on the set. It wasn't on the set. It was just him chewing it. Okay. I completely misunderstood it. So it wasn't movie chewed. It no, was just it was, uh, regular, ordinary standard by watching the producer get in a... Uh, yeah, so... Okay. Okay. D- anyhow, Downey Jr. himself had put his gum on the star and presumably left it there, which I was able to snag. I'm selling it in the same condition I got it in, and it can be tested for his DNA. The listing on eBay reads... The eBay listing for the piece of gum has now started bid over 40000 The wow. auction will end April 1st. According to ABC7.com, the gum will be shipped in a plastic container to the lucky bidder. I say stupid bidder. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, bizarre news has left some interest uh, internet users disgusted. One user on Twitter wrote, I don't care who the person is. I'd never spend on someone's gum that's covered in their saliva. Y'all got to keep it in a jar. Yuck. <laughs> Another said, okay, this is just nasty. So. Yeah. Well, here. I'm not a fan, but. What? Uh, so what the guy can do is he can have his auction. Uh-huh. And he sells that wad of gum with the authenticity note or whatever to the winning bidder. Uh-huh. And then he contacts people privately and says, yeah, that wasn't the real one. I've still got the real one. You want to buy it? And they go, oh, yeah, I'll buy it. Except he's going to call about 20 different people and send them each this faked-up wad of gum. Yeah, what are they going to do? Go have an analyze? Go have a DNA test? What do they know what Robert Downey's DNA looks like? They don't. They don't. So, yeah, he can sell under the table as many versions of that wad I'll of gum as he wants. I'll bet you anything he will, too. Why wouldn't yeah. he? Why wouldn't he? The person's already dumb enough to buy it. Yeah. There's a there's a similar scam going on right now. You've seen the ads is you can send in a certain amount of money and they will send you a chunk of wood from the Woodstock stage. Mm-hmm. And it's in this like medallion that looks like a peace sign or whatever. They've already sold more chunks than there possibly could have been wood from the stage. That does not They've already gone through two stages worth of wood and they're still selling it. Yeah. So you know at least half the people who've bought it have got fake. If not all. (laughs) Yep. Um, There are so many churches around the world that claim to have a part of the true cross that Christ was crucified on. If they were all correct and they added up all that wood, it would make about a dozen crosses. So most of them are wrong. (laughs) But how do you tell? There are also a number of churches around the world who claim to have the foreskin of Jesus when he was circumcised. Because Jesus was Jew. Yeah. Now, if they added up all the foreskin that all these churches claim to have and claim to be authentic, that's enough for about a dozen people. So, yeah. So this chewing gum, it's a long list of you think you know what it is, but But you're buying a fake. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Two monkey fuckers and a toaster will be right back. To douchebagsandmicrophone.net, you're one stop for douchebaggery. You want to write us? You want to say something to us? You want to look for a live button? When we go live, you can call in. All of this stuff is right there for your ears holes and eye holes. You got it, chumps. It's all yours. To douchebagsandmicrophone.net is up and running. Hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. 
Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Hey, where'd everybody go? We're the douchebags. Hmm. Oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Oh, man, that smells.